Maybe a butterfly fluttering in Africa does not cause a hurricane in North America, but your entire plans to penetrate the China market could be riding on one Blu-ray player. Hi, I'm Scott Smith for ThinkCast, and I'm not exaggerating there. Just one small, even hidden bump in the supply chain can create massive headaches for any organization of any size anywhere in the world. Gartner Research Director William McNeil focuses on global trade management and IT's impact on its success. Will, thanks for joining us. So when it comes to the supply chain and IT, what is global trade management? So global trade management we define as international logistics, compliance, and finance. So it's about shipping goods from one country to another across borders. It manages the import-export process, you know, checking for export licenses, restricted party screening. You know, I think a lot of people will know it as uh, terrorist watch lists, right? Making sure you're not shipping anything to uh, terrorists on these watch lists. So it's the process of managing that cross-border movement of goods. And obviously with the digital business, that plays an even more important role as we break down many of those barriers, whether the physical uh, borders or even just uh, logistical and industrial borders. Yeah, absolutely. So there are two aspects of digital business in play here. And the first is the goods themselves, right? So people historically think about shipping and logistics as moving physical goods, which makes a lot of sense, right? But there's also the concept of moving digital goods across borders. And what I think a lot of companies don't necessarily realize is some of that movement could still be subject to regulations and export law. So, for example, if you take your laptop and it has the schematic for a regulated product and you go across the border, you technically, in most cases, will need an export license for that. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. You know, it affects a lot of areas in technology as well. So if you think about outsourcing, if you outsource part of your supply chain or if you outsource part of your IT to a group in another country, they might have access to data that's technically restricted. And you need to manage that in a similar process that you would manage the shipping of goods, physical goods across a border. You're shipping digital data across the border, and it still could be regulated. So that's the first aspect is the transition from physical goods to digital goods, okay? The second aspect of a digital business is enabling technologies. So in other words, it's not necessarily transitioning to digital goods, but it's about using digital technology to support your business in new ways. Cloud is a great example of that. So you now have access to cloud hosting, for example. So let's say you put all your supply chain data into a cloud hosting provider's facility. Well, guess what? That might be subject to regulations and export law, or more likely, data privacy laws, which is sort of a subsegment of global trade, and that actually crosses over a little bit into our IT research. But it's something that I have to be aware of in global trade, and I'll give you another example. I talked about restricted party screening lists, right? So the U.S. government comes out with a list of terrorists that you're not supposed to ship products to or what have you, really do any kind of business with. That list actually contains personal data about those people. So it has their passport information, their birthdays, country of birth. Well, that's all subject to European data privacy laws. So now, here's where global trade and that digital business aspects do actually come together. These lists that you're supposed to use when doing your screening and shipping your products 
actually are now subject to data privacy laws in the EU. So now that affects the investments you're making in global trade. Like, let's say you want to buy software to help you enable this process. Now you have to think about, well, where am I actually going to keep that data, those lists? So it gets really complicated. So again, we've got two things going on here. The transition from physical to digital goods and the use of enabling technologies to support a digital business. So you can hear in that answer the, the minefield that this can be in terms of whether it's country by country. And we certainly hear the battles, for instance, that Google and Facebook and so forth have in the European privacy laws as an example, uh, moving uh, the uh, in, um, intellectual property, whether it's mm-hmm. with China or, you know, or Russia or there's governmental and, as you mentioned, organizations even with uh, very obvious nefarious mm-hmm. means to it. Yet we do know, I know a lot of uh, issues that we have, and, and Gartner warns that digital business doesn't just mean taking your current business processes, your current business practices, and moving them into a so-called digital realm. Mm-hmm. What are some of the mistakes that you're seeing with supply chains making most in this transition to digital, especially as it applies to the global trade management uh, area you focus on? Yeah, sure. You know, I think the biggest mistake that I'm seeing right now is these groups are operating in silos. They're not really talking to each other. And I don't think the groups really understand how global trade is impacting the other groups. So, for example, a supply chain might think about this very much from like a manufacturing or shipping perspective, maybe forgetting about the whole IT aspect of it. So just because you buy a warehouse management system or a transportation management system or global trade, doesn't mean you can just host that wherever you want. It depends on what the data is. So they need to be speaking to the IT group. They need to be speaking to legal. We find that when you get into these really thorny legal issues, you absolutely have to consult your legal team or even an outside legal team to bring in that kind of expert advice. There is a market for consultants and service providers that just do consulting in, the, in these issues, global trade issues, basically. So I recommend chief supply chain officers you know, reaching out to even, don't be afraid to reach out to those external services. I mean, that's what they're there for. You can even reach out to some of the government agencies. So if you reach out to the U.S. Customs Bureau, they'll point you in the right direction of you know, some people that might be able to help you with either training or answering your questions now. The problem with global trade is even if you do all of that, even if you just did everything that I said, you still might run into problems because you also have to interact with government agencies in other countries. Okay, So you might think you've done the best job you can. You've talked to IT, you've talked to legal, all your systems are in place, you've made the right decisions. You go to ship your product into China and guess what? The Chinese customs official in that province says, I'm not going to accept it because I think you classified your product wrong. And so even if you do take all of our advice, you get all this advice, you get everything in line, you still might run into problems. So that's how complicated this can be. So again, to mitigate this, I recommend that chief supply chain officers, supply chain groups, talk with IT, talk with legal, make sure you're sort of all on the same page, and try to avoid that mistake of operating in a silo. Our guest is Gartner Research Director Will McNeil. You can get even more great info on the supply chain and so many more topics in the Gartner webinars at gartner.com slash webinars and also in our other ThinkCast conversations, which you'll find at gartner.com slash podcasts or by subscribing on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or Google Play. So, Will, 
what are some of the questions we should be asking to make sure we're doing this right? Yeah, you know what I recommend that they start with? Do a risk assessment, okay? So a lot of companies have already done this. So in your global trade compliance group, you most likely, in best case scenarios, have a risk assessment done already. And what a risk assessment does is it looks at your products, your customers, the type of business you have, and creates this matrix of where your greatest areas of exposure are. So for example, you know, I talk about the move to digital business and you know, I talk about extreme examples. But you know what, at the end of the day, you might do your risk assessment and find out that there's very little risk for your organization. And you won't have to take some of the more extreme measures that we recommend or take. But you won't know that until you do your risk assessment. So the risk assessment should be led by the compliance manager, whatever name or title that person has in your organization. Chief supply chain officer, maybe VP of supply chain should definitely be involved, but they're not gonna be responsible for the really the day-to-day analysis that goes into that risk assessment. They're more responsible for that output. That output should probably be going to either a center of excellence around digital business or you know, some kind of ad hoc group that's really performing the same type of function. And now that group that hopefully is cross supply chain, but really cross business, has a risk assessment in their hand that they can refer to. So at worst, what happens is, well, actually, it's, I'm apologize, it's not at worst, but what could happen is, let's say then the group is, uh, the company's audited by the government. If they see that you have a risk assessment done, backed up with a policy document, and you have documented processes in place, that's a huge risk mitigator because what it says to the government is, you take this seriously, you did something about it, and yeah, you made a mistake. Okay, so let's rectify that. If you go to the U.S., I think it's on the U.S. Department of Commerce's website, you could start with Customs. Customs has it. There's a list of all the fines and penalties they give out. Yeah, so you can see what other countries are getting hammered with. One pattern or trend you'll notice pretty quickly is the companies that do it on purpose get way heavier fines and jail time than a company that makes a genuine mistake. So when I say it's a huge risk mitigator, you can almost sort of calculate it out. You know, a typical willful violation could result in jail time, depending if it's on serious enough. Sure, people go to jail over these things or pay million-dollar fines. An honest mistake is going to cost you much, much less. So when we talk about what can you do, what can a chief supply chain officer do, it's help make sure this risk assessment gets done. It's help make sure the policy manual is in place. So if anything, God forbid, were to happen, you know, you've sort of taken the right steps. The other key aspect of this is sort of a decision-making framework. So like, you know, you were asking, well, we thought we did everything. Well, anytime a new decision comes up to the group, you want to have a decision-making framework in place so you're creating consistent answers, consistent outcomes, and then you'll have, uh, you'll have a lot of confidence in that, and then that's a great way to mitigate your risk. Will, thank you very much. William McNeil is a research director for supply chain issues at Gartner. There's more to be found on supply chain among the Gartner webinars at gartner.com slash webinars and also via the supply chain professionals link on gartner.com. And check out more of our ThinkCast interviews at gartner.com slash podcasts or make it even easier to keep up with them by subscribing at iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or Google Play. And when you do... Make sure to rate us. For ThinkCast, I'm Scott Smith. Thanks for listening.